Welcome to the Market Roundup with your host, Carl Turner. Today is Saturday the 11th of March. In this episode, I'll give a Market Roundup and then explain why the markets dropped so much this week with the worst week performance since June last year. I'll explain that it's down to two main reasons. So first, the Fed's interest rate announcement. And secondly, due to the second largest banking failure in US history. And I'll answer the question, should investors be concerned about their cash deposits? If you'd like to listen to a more detailed podcast on the reasons for the banking failure, please check out my episode where I go into it in a lot more detail. So, on to the market roundup. The last few weeks have been quite good for equities, especially the European and UK markets, which are up over 3%. It's been a very good start to March until Tuesday this week, when markets dropped suddenly. We'll go into the reasons for this, but what are the key market news over the past few weeks, why things have been starting to pick back up? Well, there's been positive surveys And the sentiment is improving for the PMI index, which stands for the Purchasing Manager Index Surveys. So across the world, it's shown that companies are more optimistic. This means that potentially central banks will have to increase interest rates. Also, the recession fears have calmed down a little bit. It's looking less likely as the US earnings forecasts, although they're down, they're not down as much as expected. This means, you know, companies earnings projections the lower than they were before but they're not showing a recession also yesterday's u.s payroll data showed that the slower wage growth suggests that inflationary pressures are easing a little bit and that could lead to the federal reserve to more modest interest rate rises than previously expected the u.s economy added another 300,000 jobs last month which is above the 100,000 jobs which are actually needed to be created to keep up with the growth in the working age population in the US. But with the slower wage growth and slight rise in unemployment figures, it's prompted the financial markets to think that the Fed won't increase interest rates by a full half a percent at their March the 22nd meeting. So in other news, natural gas prices keep falling, which is good for European economies and the economy in general. It's positive for falling inflation. And also in China, the GDP growth projections, they were lower than markets thought at 5%, but that's still positive. And due to the COVID reopening, the Chinese economy is starting to do well. And then on to this week, What's happened and why have the markets dropped so much across the board? All indexes were down this week, Asia, US and Europe. Why have they dropped and what are the issues? Well, there's two main areas. The first is the Fed announcement on Tuesday. Stocks really did tumble on Tuesday as investors grew nervous that the Fed's going to ramp up interest rate rises. So the Fed Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, actually announced that they're going to potentially increase interest rates at a higher and longer time period than expected. Reason for the change is the January inflation data, they said it hasn't dropped as much as they wanted. This has called markets to worry that interest rates will actually peak at 5.75% rather than the lower figures before. 
The second reason markets dropped this week was due to the US Silicon Bank collapse and the run on the money causing the regulator to stop the bank trading due to their insolvency. So Silicon Valley Bank, it was the 18th largest US bank and with this collapse, it's the second largest banking failure in US history. The bank was actually valued at around $44 billion less than 18 months ago. So when the bank collapsed, US banking stocks dropped about 7% at one point, which is the worst drop in three years. Also in Europe and the UK, banks' stocks dropped dramatically due to fears that this is going to be a wider issue. It'll affect the whole market rather than just this specific bank. So the reason for the collapse is Silicon Valley Bank, they had a run on the cash and they had big liquidity issues, which they tried to raise capital for, but they failed. So why has it happened? Stems from the bank's decision to actually invest about $91 billion of depositors' money in long-dated bonds. Typically, this is what banks do because it's recognized as quite a safe way to increase their returns. Now, the bank announced that with this, these long-dated bonds, they had to actually cash this in because they needed the cash flow. They lost about $1.8 billion in the sale of these U.S. Treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, and that's due to the rise in interest rates. So the bank announced that they planned to raise money, about $2 billion midweek, in funds to offset the losses from these bonds. But this caused investors to worry that the high interest rates would cause other banks to see losses. And that's why the markets dropped. Friday, the bank actually collapsed as they failed to raise this money and, and raise the capital and borrow the money. So people lost faith, caused them to the bank to fail because depositors, they were withdrawing the money so fast, the bank became insolvent and the intraday closure was unavoidable due to the classic bank run. So onto the bigger question, should you be worried about your bank deposits and keeping money in cash in the banks? Well, this isn't good news. And the Fed's announcement this week that they're going to carry on increasing interest rates. That's not good news for the banks also. So far, it's been the small regional banks that have taken the biggest hits. And the larger banks, although they've been down to 7%, they've not collapsed. So especially for the banks with substantial long-term bonds on the balance sheet, it's not really good news. Um, investors have been moving away from leaving money in banks. It's caused a lot of stress for a lot of banks' capitalization requirements. So it's unlikely to cause a widespread collapse of larger banks. That's due to them being more diversified. But it's worth making sure that you don't have too much in deposit and potentially look at other types of assets to hold cash where you don't have this default risk. So the advice that people could take away is best to check the maximum depositor protections for the banks that you hold. I recommend that you try and keep onto the limits. It's usually per bank rather than per account. The depositor protections, they vary from country to country depending where you've got your money. And it's quite surprising how some countries have quite low levels of protection. So, for example, Hong Kong, South Africa, Thailand have got very low bank deposit protections. So for banks in the U.S., for individuals, the protection is up to $250,000. For the U.K., it's £85,000. Isle of Man, £50,000. 
EU, 100,000 euros. Singapore, 75,000 Singapore dollars. And then onto a few which have pretty low levels of protection. So in Hong Kong, it's just 500,000 Hong Kong dollars. Thai baht is only 1 million Thai baht. And South Africa is just 100,000 rand. So thanks for listening. If you've got any specific questions about and you'd like to discuss your own financial planning, including what are the options for deposit money to mitigate this risk, please get in touch. Feel free to add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, carl at carltonerfinancial.com.